I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. the rare, often elusive, rarely seen off-season podcast coming at you right now. What's the occasion? Why Why on the Lord's year of 2022, June the 16th, would we be talking about this league? We're two and a half months, maybe we have, no, we're about maybe two months in a week, and two and a half months from the big day, the draft. So, of course, there's a little bit of interest. We've got a date planned, August 27th. No one screw it up. It's the, I've done all the calculations. It's literally perfect. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I influence this anyway, but Liz just happens to be going out of a town on a bachelorette party, and I was like, hey, this is a great weekend for you. It works with your schedule. You should ask if they want to do that weekend. Not saying I influence that for my own selfish desires, but... The house will be open. The house will be clear. We'll have everyone ready. We'll be able to start at a normal time so the draft can begin and we can just, who cares if it goes four hours? It won't be two in the morning by the time we're in the fifth round. But the reason we're speaking today is because for some reason, the league has been buzzing with activity lately. Uh, I, I think it's it's just that kind of lull. People are into the summer. They're looking at their teams again. They're starting to think about things, and the gears are grinding into motion. So we had three massive trades. Let's cover each of them in turn, okay? And we actually had some polls on these trades so we could tell you how the good people of this league voted on, on which side they deemed to have won the trade. So let, let's start with the first one that we heard about. Devin, finally moving on from Deshaun Watson, nearly convicted pervert. Well, definitely a pervert, nearly convicted. We'll see what happens there. Uh, moves him to Nikki. Browns fan, you know, he's, he's, you know, that he's, he's, he's laid his bed and sat in it. Okay. Watson's a quarterback. He's a pervert. Look, I had a, a quarterback that was a pervert, but he cleared his name by becoming a good Christian man and blamed it on pornography. So who knows if Deshaun Watson could do that. Of course, I might say that, you know, two teensy little incidences, one that might have been a bit of a, you know, who knows, is different than like 24 women and NDAs and a private room set up at a parlor massage and all that stuff. But, you know, all of that aside, we're not, we're not, I'm not here to cast moral judgment on how far a man lets his horniness take him and when... <laughs> uncontrolled horniness turns into assault and downright sick perversion. But this is a man that Devin once sent three first round picks for. Three, three, three. And what became of those picks? I don't quite recall, but damn good picks. Well, Nikki is about to use one this year. And in the prior year, I believe one of those ended up being, I don't know, Jamar Chase or something of that nature. I can't track the whole history, but there were some damn good players that went with those picks. I think at this point, with a potential suspension looming, this is a this is a this is a bet on both sides of the coin. Well, let's get into the details. So Nikki gives a 2023 first to Marquise Brown for Deshaun Watson. So definitely Devin took him at a discount. I would say you know if the original trade was three first round picks, that's like one and a half. 
How much would it take to get Marquise Brown without that? I don't, I, I don't quite know. Uh, but yeah, so I would, I, you know, I would say that, you know, he got basically 50 cents on the dollar from his original bargain. But here's the thing. I think number one, Devin's tired of the circus. He wants off the ride, which I can fully understand. Now, Nikki is taking advantage of a, well, no pun intended. He's taking advantage of a vulnerable situation here because there is a chance that maybe the league comes down really hard and says, Deshaun, this is too many cases. This appears serial in nature. Um, so we're going to sp- suspend you for an entire year. And maybe that gets appealed down to 14, 12, 10 games. Who knows? Uh, I think Nikki kind of looks at it as gravy. He's still got how many picks this year? He's got four picks in the top 14 to round out his roster. Knowing that Deshaun will be added into the mix, maybe in time for playoffs this year, but one would think certainly next year, sets him up really well to say, hey, I've had two back-to-back years of insane draft capital to make this team how it molded in my image, and he's hit damn strong on a lot of those picks right, with with Najee and Jamar Chase, so that's been great. If he can continue to add to that and know that Deshaun is coming, 2023 could be the year he goes nuclear and really makes a championship push, a, a true championship push. So, I, I mean, I, I love this deal for Nikki. I think it's all upside from here. I, I think this is about floor value, right? Well, I think the only other floor value could be when the trade come, when the when the suspension comes through. Maybe it would be a little cheaper then. But, I mean, for Marquise Brown, a guy that is Nikki even starting at this point, um, I know some people like him for a big kind of career revival or maybe more consistency with Kyler Murray, especially not having to play with DeAndre Hopkins early in the season. I don't buy into Marquise Brown or Kyler Murray, really. Just personally, uh, I think Nikki's got good enough receivers where he wasn't going to start him anyway. So Devin, I mean, he gets a fine return. Clearly, Devin is kind of pivoted, right? He he had a lot of capital. He gave it up for Deshaun. That didn't work out. Screwed him the past two years. So, no pun intended with the word screw either. But so now he's looking and retooling because we'll, we'll get to the we'll get to no. I think this was the one that put it over the edge because now Devin's got three first round picks in 2023, which people say yeah that's a class kind of on par with 2020. Maybe not as many quarterbacks, but you know, we'll always be surprised there, but tons of good receivers and really a strong running back class. So Devin is is loading up the horses to kind of say, "Okay, let's let's let Russ and Fields be my 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 strongholds here. I've got to have three picks next year. We'll ride this year out see how it goes, but next year I'll have three picks, right? Have Nicky's, you have Drews and Jerome. Um I mean, what could happen there is he can If Fields falls flat on his face, he can get a quarterback and two running backs or a running back and elite receiver. He's got options, options that that not not everyone, not everyone, including myself, will have. So I I like the long term strategy. But, yeah, definitely favored Nikki's side here. And what's the six to four in favor of the Watson side? So I think that makes sense. Okay, the next trade we had, uh, you know, the more that I the more I observe life, the more I say, wow, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? In in nearly a similar scenario, Drew decides that, yeah, A.J. Brown is not worth paying him that much money, just like his beloved Tennessee Titans decided, and sends him off to Devin for 103 overall 
and um, a second round pick. What Devin gave up, uh, they swapped seconds. So yeah, he went up to 16 and Devin went to 20. I got to mark that in the official record. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I voted in the trade that I prefer the picks. But it's it's really tough to say. I mean, I don't think you're getting anybody at 103 that's going to produce as good as A.J. Brown. And maybe if you're really out on Jalen Hurts, you think he's going to just completely disappoint this year. That's possible. I just think A.J. Brown can get open. Uh, he, can, he can hopefully help Hurts attack the middle of the field with a little more confidence. Um, I think he's going to be okay. So I, I look at this as a pretty big win for Devin because I don't know at 103 if Devin's really getting anybody else that he cares about. But I think the reason I voted for Drew um, as having won this trade is Drew didn't have a lot of options heading into this draft, right? Didn't initially, just a couple months ago, didn't have a first or a second. So he flips, uh, what, Garoppolo, who's currently probably not going to start anywhere for 20. Right, he flips AJ Brown. Now he has three, and he bumps twenty up to sixteen. So now he has flexibility. Right, he could take whoever he desires at three. He could potentially trade down. He could trade that for a different player. He could trade that pick overall and get first next year. Right, because he doesn't have a first next year. Um, he can. He he has flexibility now that he didn't have before. Um, and so I think that's going to be pretty valuable for him. But that's an interesting. I think I would think objectively, I would want AJ Brown out of that. Uh, but given both teams' scenarios, it's pretty even. But I I, I like the flexibility that it gives Drew, uh, maybe a little more. So I also think it's interesting here. Uh, like uh, like Drew had inquired if I would be interested as a Jalen Hurts owner. I would say yes. But the funny thing is, is that like I don't know if eight and nine are worth three in this draft, right? Because it's so deep at receiver. So it's like, well, would you rather just take the two of whoever's left or get your pick, right? I don't know. It depends on your philosophy. Actually, I am kind of a dartboard guy, but I definitely see the appeal of, of three overall. So um, yeah, and I think that that's good value for A.J. Brown. I think it'd be even even better if he could have just kept the second round pick and have, instead of having to swap it. But in terms of not good value. Let's get to the final trade, the trade that shocked the world, the trade that brought everybody to their knees. And it said, let's see, how many was it? 10 to 0? Oh, sorry. By the way, six people favored the pick, four people favored AJ Brown. And in our final trade, eight to two against me. But I'll give you a little advice. I voted against myself. So it's really seven to three. Um, so yeah, pretty lopsided uh, on the surface. I totally agree with that. So Billy had inquired if I was interested in uh, in in getting one young Jonathan Taylor, who him and I are like ships in the night. There was there was talk um, there was talk when Billy got him off of Devin when Devin's uh, Devin had the wrong kid died moment and he chose Ceh over Jonathan Taylor um, in it when he made the trade and he traded him away. I almost had Billy on the hook for a little deal and he wriggled away. And then the next year, I almost had him again. He just wanted both his pick back and my pick and maybe a little more. But it was week one or two, and Wentz was looking kind of booty, and they weren't scoring much or moving the ball very well. And 
you know, um, their center was injured that season, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then in a couple weeks, I was like, my God, I made a horrific mistake. I should have sent both of those. Um, and you got to remember at the time, Billy was also with, with Jonathan Taylor in a slump. Billy was in a slump. So I thought I was like, oh, my God, maybe I have a top four pick here. I don't know what to do. No, bad move, should have done it. So finally, I, I write a wrong, and maybe too aggressively. I think in my mind, I had said, well, you know, Jonathan Taylor, eh, we'll throw in Pat Fryermuth here too, is probably worth like three firsts, right? I think he's a, he's the upper elite category. That's what he's worth. So I had to try to put a package together that Billy would like. So I give him Joe Mixon, Mark Andrews, a 23 first in Christian Kirk. So, you know, I, 23 first, this was when, when this really got thrown in, at first I think it was Taylor and Fryermuth for Mixon, Andrews, and the first. In my mind, I was giving up Andrews because when I drafted Kyle Pitts, I knew it was a redundant pick. But I said, hey, this is going to give me flexibility to move one of these guys because I viewed both of them as top three tight ends. And I, I like that move, having that flexibility to say, look, I can move one of these guys and get a benefit, and it's not going to be that huge of a drop to my team because I'm not playing both of them. Now, if Pitts comes on like I hope, I actually might have gotten into a situation where I was flexing both of them every week. But still, I, I've got a deep enough team, it's fine. But so I looked at it and said, well, if I'm going to move Andrews and have Pitts, I'm okay with rolling with him, but I need a, at least an option I like uh, for bye weeks and you know potential injury, and that's Pat Fryermuth. So I looked at that whole package and said, okay, that's worth three first-round picks. Uh, I'll give a first-rounder. I'll give Joe Mixon's worth the first, and Andrews is worth the first, and that's a pretty even trade. Um, Christian Kirk to get the deal done. And then the 22 sack third, like, like I said, my team is too deep. I think I've started Christian Kirk three times in the past two years, right? I just, I, he doesn't crack my lineup enough, so I don't really mind moving him. And also I didn't mind having, giving more assets than I was getting because as I looked at my team and said, okay, I've got two, I've got three picks in the, uh, in the top, uh, 20. So I got to cut three players. I was actually having a hell of a time thinking who I could possibly cut. Once I got my IR situation handled, I'm getting close because I've had a lot of draft capital. I'm always trying to get extra picks. So I've had a lot of guys and they're not superstars, but I've got a lot of depth. And that's kind of what this move was about. I mean, what I really hate is I don't think this actually set me up as well for 2022 as it did 2023. Because I look at it and I say, well... Andrews is the older player from Pitts, and if Pitts ascends like I hope he does, and so and you know Pat Fryermuth looks good in the office, then get, having those guys instead of Andrews is probably the better move for a couple years down the road, right? Mixon I think is going to be a top five running back this year. I think Jonathan Taylor will too, and honestly I could see Mixon finishing ahead of Taylor pretty easily. But Mixon has one more year after this year. He's got one more year on his deal that's a serious year, right? And then after that he could be cut, and and. And he could, or he could play that third year. So basically, we're looking at like three more years for him. I basically, that same time frame for Jonathan Taylor, once Mixon finishes out his second contract, Taylor will be signing his next contract. And I expect him to be, to be elite, you know, top 10 running back for another four to five years, where Mixon, I would say more two to three, right? So this is kind of my centerpiece, my all-star, my stud that I can build around. Um, obviously the drop off to Mark Andrews and, and Fryermuth, we understand, but anyway, definitely after I did this trade the next morning, I thought, ah, that was really stupid. I should have tried to talk him down from a 23 first to a 23 second. 
Not that I really need it again, because like I said, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble making a making roster cuts because I keep having low picks, low firsts, low to mid seconds, right? And it helps build out my depth, but I'm not getting the superstars there, right? I'm getting Gibsons and Higgins, which is great, but I haven't I haven't nabbed that Justin Jefferson. That's every week starter, no doubt about it. So it, it makes it difficult. And it's like, look, if I want to compete this year and next year, do I really want that first or do I want uh, to know that I'm solid at running back? But I still think it was a nice enough package. I could have convinced him to take a second in 23 and maybe a second in another year. Uh, you know, the calculators don't like this, but if you take out Christian Kirk, who again was a non-factor, they say it's pretty even. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. But do I have regrets? A lot. I texted Billy the next morning and said, yeah, I really fucking regret this. I wish I would have slept on it. Uh, but you know what? Jonathan Taylor is mine now. He's mine. Mine, mine, mine. For the rest of his career. He's never moving. He's my new Zeke. My North Star. I drafted Zeke when this league started. Ahead of Todd Gurley. To ridicule and shame. And where has Todd Gurley been the past three years? I In some gutter. Where has Zeke been? Say what you want, washed, overrated, old, scoring me points. And this is my new Zeke. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, it's going to be fun when we do draft in a couple months. And let's real quick, now that we've gotten a bit of a shakeup in the order, let's do a quick mock draft just for fun, a midseason one. Probably maybe we'll do one right before the draft. So that'll give us three. I think we did one earlier. This is your mid-off-season mock. We'll do one last one. This is 2.0. Um 101, Nikki, still going Brees Hall. I think we did one before the draft. Wow, that looks different considering the quarterbacks. Uh, turns out everyone was right when they were like, yeah, it's not a good quarterback class, and the NFL totally agreed. Um, so Brees Hall, unquestioned 101. I think you're going to see this in every league. He's the highest drafted running back. There's not that many good running backs in this class. Even if you like a receiver more than him, I just don't think it makes total sense to go that way. Uh, pick two, Bob. I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. Again, I think this one gets closer when you're deciding, do I go a receiver? Do I go Kenneth Walker? It's just a scarcity thing for me because, yeah, I mean, you know, they draft the, the Seahawks draft a Rashad Penny in the first round, you know? And I mean, I, you, you just don't know with Pete Carroll. He, he relegated him to like an undrafted guy in Chris Carson just because he liked Chris Carson better. But ironically, Kenneth Walker, I think, has more of a Chris Carson kind of build, maybe a little faster. So I think he will be a good fit. But again, Bob's got three more picks. He's got two more picks in the next five, right? So why let Walker fall from him when he can still get a receiver he likes later? So I, I'm almost locking those two in as definite. I'll be surprised if anything happens. Now here's the first curveball with Drew. Drew's got this pick. I don't know how much research or time he's dedicated to getting his pick of the litter when it comes to every receiver on the board. Right, so I think by I think he's going to do a lot of research. I think he's going to take his time, and he's going to fall in love with a guy. But if this draft was happening today, and I had to say who is that guy, you know, I would think London is up there, probably uh, Garrett Wilson. I, I could see him liking Jameson Williams a lot, but I think at the end, if I got to say right now, I'm going to say he goes with Burks. Life imitates arts. He says, "Well, I'm going to swap out AJ Brown for Burks right now." Uh, I think that makes sense. It's a hometown pick. You know, he's going to love him. He has success. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nikki now at four. 
And Nicky here, I think he's going to have a hard time. I think he might like Drake London, but he has Zach Wilson. He's thinking, hey, if Zach Wilson has a decent year, Garrett Wilson is probably a factor there, and I get that nice little stack. So I'll have him taking Garrett Wilson. At five, we're back to Bob. I think Bob now goes Drake London. I saw him do that in the best ball draft, and I think that makes sense. This, to me, is London's floor. I'd be pretty surprised if he went any lower. Now, there is a chance that Pickett could sneak his way into that top five. I don't think so, and I think Nate here will take him at six. Nate had a lot of quarterbacks last year heading into the year with Baker, Jameis, and Cam. Now, two or three of those are probably not starting day one. <laughs> Jameis just has to be healthy. I think he needs to refresh his quarterback room. I think this is a nice pick. It's a hometown pick. I think this makes a lot of sense. This is kind of his floor for me. I think at this point, if Nate doesn't take him, well, if he gets an eight or nine, I know I have a million quarterbacks, but come on. He's, he's, a, he's a Steelers quarterback. And you guys thinking that he's going to stink. I'm like, look, he might not be great. Who knows when he's going to start over Trubisky, but I, I think he's, he'll be decent. He'll at least be okay, and they're, they're making a good enough team around him where, yeah, you're going to want those. Even if he's a Kirk Cousins, that would be fine. We'll never win a Super Bowl, but it'll be fine, and if we have a good offensive line, we already have good weapons, he'll be fine. So yeah, I, I, if, if it's not Nate here, I think people are probably who don't want to admit it and say formally in public, oh, you think he's going to be good? He stinks. I think if he's around at seven, a lot of you little perverts are talking to Bob and saying, Bob, you've already picked twice. Come on, man. Give me that pick. Anyway, so now that Pickett's off the board at six, Bob at seven, I think he goes Olave. He was close to getting Garrett Wilson, OSU guy. Now he'll take Olave, um, you know, precise route runner. I think that's, that's pretty good. Okay, I'm at eight. Uh, so here, I'll take Jamison Williams. I think I'm I'm uniquely poised to handle the fact that he might not be ready week one. I don't, I'm not in a, there's other guys ahead of me that are in positions where they kind of need starters from week one. I don't. I can, actually, I'm glad to put him in my IR slot and add someone else, right? Gives me instantly, I can make a waiver wire pickup. So, I'm fine with that. I'm uniquely poised to kind of wait for that. And come on, you know, I'm on the Lions train. And if you're not, and I've been on the Lions train for a long time. And if you're not, you better you better wisen up. Um, at nine, I'm going to take James Cook. And it's not that, well, I mean, he's a second round running back. He's the last of the second round running backs. And I just don't think that seems odd. I think to some people, because they would say there's still first round receivers on the board. He was taken in the back of into a crowded running back room. But look, I think they drafted him with a plan. In my opinion, they don't have enough in Buffalo. They don't have enough like big, heavy grinders. But they had the chance to take any guy that was like that. They could have taken Damian Pierce. They could have taken Isaiah Spiller. They could have taken Zamir White. They looked at everybody and took James Cook with the second round pick for a reason. So even if I think people might be surprised to see him go in the first round, in best ball, I saw him go at four overall because the guy needed a running back. And so I'm going to always take that. Um, like, I already got a good receiver. I don't, in Jameson Williams, I don't need more. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think uh, I think his stock right now, people would might maybe be surprised by that. But I think by the draft, 
uh, he, we might even be in danger of him. Well, I say we, he would probably be in, in, in heavy thought for some people with those top seven picks. Okay. Now at Matt, Matt's going to be hard to predict. I think he'd love to go quarterback or running back here. I think it's a little too early for the other quarterbacks that were drafted. Like we just don't know when they're going to start. I think Matt's got a team that, that could wait it out, but he doesn't need to. He's got Herbert and Allen. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, it's unnecessary. It's a guy that's not going to play. And I think he's got to, he's going to start thinking about getting guys that can start for him right now. So I'll have him take Sky Moore out of Kansas City. Uh, you know, I think, I think that makes sense here, even though he was like the 11th or 12th receiver drafted, he's tied to Mahomes. He's going to get pushed up because of that. We know that. Okay. Now to start off the second round back on the clock is Nikki. We'll have him go Christian Watson, take the athletic freak, hopefully develops a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers early out the gate. At 12, we got Bob. I'll have him take Jahan Dotson. Bob is never afraid to take the guy that other people had falling. I remember Kadarius Toney was a first-round receiver. He fell to Bob. Bob looked around and said, the hell am I missing? And he took him. Um, so I think he's fallen a bit here. Uh you know, not for any other not not for any other reason, just the running backs and the quarterbacks. So I think it's pretty good value, um, especially if Terry McLaurin does not get a deal done. <laughs> and who knows with Washington, what's what the hell's going to happen there? Okay, at thirteen, I'll have Dave taking George Pickens, even though he wants to hate on the Steelers. He's a Georgia homer, and, and he just loved to have Pickens on his team. I'm assuming at fourteen, Nikki now says, "Okay, I'm in it. I've got two receivers and a running back out of this." Uh, you know, can he really afford to take a third receiver? It puts him in a tough spot. I, I think the answer is no. He can't. He can't. He's not going to be able to start all these guys. So he's got to take a running back, even though there's no one left with really good draft capital. So as of today, we'll have him taking Damian Pierce. Um, I don't think. I, I think he'll he'll. You know, we'll look around and we'll say that's probably the most uncertain room right out of everyone else that that might come up here that's the most uncertain room where maybe he could even be having a significant role from day one at 15 uh matt's up we'll have him going rashad white kind of a bet against leonard fournette uh heading into camp i'm sure leonard fournette will be the entrenched starter but betting against him or betting him to miss some time uh you know get get uh tom brady's running back i i don't think rashad white's as good as a receiver as people say from what i've seen he just I don't know. They force fed him a lot of little dump offs. I didn't think he had ultra great hands. I just think it was kind of how the offense ran, but still there's potential for him to make an impact early on. Okay. 16 drew. Well, let's let, let's let that imitation continue. He's going to take Malik Willis. He's going to get the Titans next guy. Uh, and it's a nice little hedge right here. I mean, he looks around at who he could get, there are some decent running back and, and receiver options, but you might as well take that that risk, right? And and I think he needs a stronger quarterback room. I think this gives him a lot of potential. Uh, and if that and if if Malik Willis works out and he's a Titan and Drew gets him and he's got him throwing a trail on Burks, I mean he's gonna look back and just and just be smiling at this draft for years to come. So picture perfect story. Moving on to 17, Bob, similar argument. He's taken three receivers and one running back this draft. Don't think he can afford to take another receiver. So he'll go Isaiah Spiller, who I know had really bad athletic measurables. Kind of surprising to see. But the hope is that maybe he can fight and be a change of pace back for Austin Eckler from week one 
who has been asking for sort of a lightning and thunder. But can he take over that whole job? Probably less of a chance than the other two that went before him, uh, even though he might be getting the most carries in week one. Okay, back to 18. This is Nate. The uh, Nate took Kenny Pickett, and he has Davis Mills. Sneaky, you forget about Davis Mills, but Nate's got him. So we'll have him taking John Mechie. Try to develop a little stack there. Alabama, good pedigree, second round, all that. At 19, I'm in a position here where I don't really need to do it. I've got quarterbacks as is, but I just know how things can change. And the last time I was picking in the late second round and I took a quarterback, it was Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to take Desmond Ritter at 19. Uh, I could easily see, I mean, this whole draft is just under our knowledge today. If, and it's possible, if Mariota gets hurt in training camp, Desmond Ritter is going to go in the first round of our draft. I guarantee you. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to bet that that's going to happen, but I'm going to guess with a team like them that there's a chance. And hey, now I'd have a Pitts stack for whatever reason. Say they give him a shot for a year or two. Well, I got Kyle Pitts, so that's a match made in heaven. And now we get to Devin, who this is his first chance to pick at pick 20, lowly pick 20. Um, and I think Devin will go running back. I, I look at his room. It's okay. I think he needs a few more options. So I'm taking Zamir White um, out of Georgia. I think that's a good pick. Uh, a bet against uh, you know Josh Jacobs' health, even hoping to get mixed in a bit. But really, this is a pick for next year. I think Josh Jacobs, I think his fifth-year option was declined. Who knows if he signs another contract there, especially with McDaniels. Um, so yeah, I don't think this makes much of an impact in 22 but it's a good move in prep for 23. Okay, so there's your draft. Uh, who did we not get to? Billy didn't get to pick. Nick didn't get to pick. Everyone else got a pick. That's a lot of fun. That's what we're hoping to hear. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Off season is buzzing. Keep those trades coming. Keep them coming. Or, or don't. Or just wait around. But start to do your research. Think about who you want. Think about... It, it's crazy to me how... These picks eight and nine, I look at them, I'm like, damn, there's still so much talent on the board. And then there's a pretty steep drop-off really after the first round, really after the first 12 or 13-ish picks. I'm just thinking about all those guys down there that might want to move up with me. And I'm just thinking about how reasonable of pricing I can offer for that to occur. So consider that as you consider everything else. So anyways, have a nice summer. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.